Perhaps you'd like me to come in there and wash your dick for you. You little shit. Episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Tony, and Scott as usual. Hey guys! Hello! And we have a very special guest, uh, returning guest. Yes. That, which I'm very thankful is back on. Uh, Three timer, actually. This is his third time. <laughs> you know, I, I normally hear that he's a two timer, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not even a one timer <laughs> lately. <laughs> it's the great uh, Phil Porter, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I would. I'd be on every single one if I if you'd let me. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know how many times I've just every time I see uh, one of you guys, it's like, so you know what's going on with the podcast? Do you need uh, anybody? So I just love help. Yeah. So we love having you on too, because God knows we all love movies kind of equally. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a great one this week. It's a personal favorite of mine. I think in some ways it's underappreciated. I agree. Yes. Yes. And needs to be rediscovered. It's. From 1981, it's Arthur, starring Dudley Moore. Yes. Oh, and Liza Minnelli. Yeah, yeah. And 1981. Liza I have to specify. <laughs> I have not seen the remake from 2011 with. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. We don't. <laughs> let's, that never let, happened. Let's not w- talk about that <laughs> right, right. at all. It just didn't happen. Yeah. I'll, I'll go as far as say this is the only Arthur movie. Period. That yeah. you need to see. Yes. You, yeah. you can even avoid On the Rocks. Arthur <laughs> yes. the Rocks. This is true. This is true. On the Rocks. Um, That's a great title for it. <laughs> it, is, it is actually. I love the title. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of that one. Uh, but but the original Arthur from 1981, uh, I think, is one of my favorite comedies. And I don't see it. It's made certain lists. Like, I know the AFI's yeah. funniest movies of all time. It came in at number 53. Wow, which is a good rating. Which is a great yeah. rating. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear people talking about Arthur the way they talk about Ghostbusters mm-hmm. or... Uh, other films from that era. You know why? I I think is because so many like so many really great kind of off the wall comedies like Arthur is they're they're almost a little bit ahead of their time in a way that I think people forget about them. Mm-hmm. And you know they're not as mainstream as things like right. Ghostbusters, Airplane, which are great comedies, great movies. Not discrediting them, but they're so unique yeah. and they're so well done and they're just so kind of ahead of their well, time. And this movie was. A, it was a different tone than the rest of those movies. It was a great comedy, uh, incredibly quotable. Oh. Uh, I mean, this is one of those movies that that I mean, this along with Caddyshack mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know, and Animal House. I mean, this is this is something I quoted right along with those movies when I was younger. Like I don't to this day, but you know, which I do, you know. But it's just a little bit different tone. It wasn't being, I don't think, because it was being made by the comedy guys. Mm -hmm. This was a big studio movie, um, you know, that was, that was, you know, Harold Ramis wasn't at the helm of it, (laughs) you know, or, you know, so it was just, I think that was why Mm -hmm. it doesn't go in there, because comedy, comedy people, comedy nerds, what have you, Mm -hmm. you know, which, I mean, I think some of us actually think of ourselves that way too we're like oh no no well it's not you know it's not coming out of these guys from you know lampoon or second city or whatever but it's like it's still just an incredibly funny and actually a really a really touching movie and a very i mean there's a lot going on more there than just 
than just the comedy. That's what's, you know, really great about that. Well, and, you know, to piggyback off what you said, it's so sophisticated, which I think does make yes. it so different than the Lampoon comedies and, and the trash pit porkies and all those mm -hmm. things of this time. There's a sophistication to Arthur, and there's an intelligence there that I think oftentimes gets overlooked or missed. And there, you know, that's what makes it so great. And people like us who do comedy and have a strong appreciation for, for you know, the absurdity and the offbeat things, mm. you know, I think it's we gravitate towards films like Arthur for that reason. But so many others who really enjoy the mainstream blockbuster type of things kind of just roll right over it. Yeah. And I think that its greatest strength is its screenplay. Oh, because yeah. a lot yeah. of the movies we love, like let's say Stripes or Caddyshack, the strength is in the performances and yeah. how strongly, how comedically, like, right. the strength of their comedy. It's, is so it's high. really relying on the, the on yeah. the, you know, even though Dudley Moore is at his absolute most brilliant. You know, like I said, there's something. I mean, watching yeah. the the beginning scene, it's not necessarily the lines. This just some of the facial things, yeah. the little subtle facial things he's doing when he sees his uncle and aunt. In the plaza with the hooker, and just the, he just keeps talking into his aunt's face, and just kind of looking slightly back at his uncle, just like non-trusting. Like and it's brilliant, and I've seen that since probably 1981, and I still laugh today when I watched it. So yeah, uh, and the screenwriting yeah. is great, but I think the the performances are just amazing mm -hmm. as well. The acting, yeah. the casting. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm gonna. I plan on talking a lot about Liza Minnelli because she just blew me away in this movie. I think she's so wonderful in general. I think she's a national treasure, but this movie she's so natural in. Just like, you know, Dudley Moore, they, they just have a great chemistry. They fit well. Um, they're so likable, you know, and charming. And I, I think, like, who else would have played her role? Who, who Like, who else that was famous at that time would have, could I have seen maybe doing that? And I just can't see anybody else but her in, as the role of Linda. No, it's like, when you cast that well, it's hard to imagine anybody else in these roles. Um, in her instance, Liza Minnelli, I think she's overlooked compared to the big three in the film. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because they got nominated for Oscars, mm -hmm. and they had these showy roles, and there's something unique about them. She is utterly charismatic. She won an Oscar for Cabaret, and yes. the woman knows how to steal a movie. Yeah. But I also think, like, she's still charismatic, but she also plays the role the way it meant. She's not trying to override exactly. anybody yeah. else. But they're, they're trying to... She, like, I, I watch this, and I feel like I'm, I'm watching Liza Minnelli as Liza yeah. Minnelli. Like, I feel like that's who she really is. There's just something so organic about her performance that... Um, yeah, it's just so lovable. Like I just feel like that would—that's what it would be like if I was a girl, like girlfriends with Liza Minnelli. Mm -hmm. Like you know, that's not how Eliza Minnelli is for real. You know, she's a drunken lunatic. She's, <laughs> Let's just. She's more like. I mean, I, 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 she's Arthur. Although she is, she is. She was. She was actually being. Sabrina just left straight to the drunken lunatic. She is now a drunken lunatic. I actually. I. I will probably talk about that a little bit later, but I have proof. We'll get to. I have proof of that. So the real life, like there's a reversal. Real life, we'll get to too with that too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Liza Minnelli, if you're listening. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge. I actually love Liza Minnelli. Obviously, she's oh, had a rival yeah. with Arrested the Development. I think that's the most, oh, this generation. Oh, and she was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Buster. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but she's she she is great in this movie because um, she's very funny in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. forget how funny she she's is. She's very sharp. Yeah, she's she's excellent. Like when she's playing that, uh, when she's seducing that guy at the party and mm-hmm. trying to pretend she's some someone she's not. I mean, she has great comic yes. timing yeah. throughout. Um, and then of course, and then the scene I love the scene where her and Arthur pretty much first meet in the New York streetway, and she's the cops like stopping her for stealing the tie and. And just that, that whole exchange about, oh, honey, you know, and this just right. seems so natural and fun. And, um, yeah. She gets right into it. Yeah, she gets yeah. right in. Well, well, she was an actress, remember? Mm-hmm. She was well, no, she's actress. a brilliant. I mean, she, yeah. in late 60s, or mid to late 60s, started out. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. I, I, I was trying to think of the movie today that she was in, probably like late 60s, where she, it was a, it was a romantic. It was it was a romantic movie, but they were both troubled. I can't remember. They both they were both troubled teens or something like that. I can't remember the name of the movie now. Midnight Cowboy. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that, that, was that, that an X rated oh, movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, that but is. she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was brilliant. Um, well, actually, as we're talking, I'll go into my Liza Minnelli since you you brought up the yeah. uh, the the scene where they met. Yeah. Um, uh, in I that, love it. In the building that's right next to Bergdorf Goodman. So. I have why I have my uh, confirmation that she's a drunken lunatic is that my cousin uh, used to work for her. Uh, he was uh, he was her stage manager for a cabaret show, um, and he was and he said no, she's a drunken, she's an absolute drunken lunatic. Uh, she would not allow anybody to uh, refer to her ex husband by his name and had to be the asshole. <laughs> Um, that makes just, me love her but even more. She just would, and he, and she just tortured her stuff, you know. But it was really funny. We were, uh, uh, I was on a family vacation in New York City, and we were at the one of the satellite FAO Schwartz satellite stores. So it wasn't the main one, okay. But one of the smaller oh, ones yeah. is like the Apple Store right across the street. And we walk out, and I look, and I look to my left, and there's Bergdorf Goodman, and I'm looking right across the street. Um, at this, it's a, at some sort of government building or something like that, and it clicked in my head. I'm like, that's where that scene happened. Uh-huh. And I, you know, and what really sucked is my cousin was actually out of town at the time. He lives in New York City, and I was like, God, it really sucks that he that he is out of town because yeah. I would I, not like she'd do it anyway. I said, but how awesome would it have been if I had got him to get Liza Minnelli to come down and take a picture with me oh right where that scene was? Because this is you know with we talked about one of my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, so yeah. that was. You know, uh, you know, which it of course didn't happen, but uh, you know, at least it's part of a little bit of a, a little a little story. story. Yeah. Can, yeah, that's my you know, a two I'm two degrees, one degree <laughs> from from Liza's crazy drunken ass. That's, that's so, I would just like to say to she is yeah. the daughter of Judy Garland. You know, who's also cut her some slack. Exactly, a drunken lunatic. Slack. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. So cut. And by the way, I you know I like drunken <laughs> lunatics, so I don't think we're thinking on. This is why <laughs> you know it's funny with with that anecdote. Like when I was younger, I had no clue Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli were related because I knew them as two stars. But when somebody right. told me that she was the daughter of Judy Garland, I'm like, no way. Now when I look at it now, like, holy crap, they look almost like yeah. yeah. except for the hairstyles. That's about the only difference. Even their voices, you know how they their inflection and yeah. it's just so it's almost uncanny. Liza has that seventies edge that Judy yeah, probably lacked. I think that's the main difference. So it's more like Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. Right. Of. That's the same. Who actually I think was considered for that role, Carrie Fisher. Oh, I could see her. Which yeah. I could see it would be as dynamic I think yeah. as Liza. Liza had Liza and Dudley look like a legit couple. 
They yeah. look like two people that would actually date well, yeah. in real life. Well, they're both bigger than life. I mean, yeah. you know, and that and the yeah. thing about this movie that you know, though it, there is a lot of there is some absurdity to it, and mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of it is just kind of very real. But there's actually a lot of it that isn't real. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they are both yeah. absolutely huge characters. You know, the fact that he's British and that his the rest of his family is not. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, but you just well, kind of, you know, right? yeah. well, that's not his actual relative, yeah. you know, I think his dad's British, right? No. Like well, you know, I was watching today in the scene in the office, he sounds British, but then in later scenes, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't, he, he definitely has more of an American accent. It's funny you mention that, like they, he, they wanted Dudley Moore to have an American accent in this film. And Dudley Moore says, there's no way I can have an American accent because... I'm going to be stumbling my words and slurring mm-hmm. my speech, and so it's going to come out as British the way I'm, I'm speaking. Yeah, yeah. There's it, just no way I could do it. It would have ruined the performance. Absolutely would. would have ruined the performance. It would not have been as funny as he was. No, I, I love him being British. I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine Arthur not being British. Right, you know? right. Um, he is extraordinarily funny in this yes. movie. Um, Dudley Moore's a genius. I don't think he gets enough credit nowadays. I don't either. Um, he was part of the Goons. He was kind of a revolutionary comic in the... Like, in, Britain during the 60s. The Beatles worshipped that group, the Goons, that Billy yeah. Moore was in. It was a, a guy named Peter Cook. Peter Cook, yeah. If you've seen The Princess Bride, you know, marriage, yeah. that's Peter oh, Cook. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a huge star in Britain uh, during that time. And I think they were influenced on Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit, that. yeah. Uh, Peter Sellers was probably the big breakout star of Britain during that time, but Billy Moore was like a, mm-hmm. like a contemporary of his. But somehow in the late 70s, like Dudley started breaking out into American movies. Yeah. He, he was in the supporting role in a movie called Foul Play with Chevy Chase and Goldie yeah, Hawn. Yeah, yeah. And then 10, of ten, course. The big I could see Goldie and, Hawn maybe playing Linda in Second Thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 10 was the big breakout. If you, if you guys haven't seen 10, I highly recommend it. Is that the one with uh, Bo Derrick? Bo Derrick, yeah. yeah. Is that the bathing suit movie? She has the braids yeah. in the head. Yeah. The you'll, you'll know the director. Tony, it's Blake Edwards. Uh, one of my favorites. That's uh, um, um, Julie Andrews' husband. Yes. Yes, And he directed Breakfast at Tiffany's. (laughs) Yes, Julie Andrews, yeah, Julie Andrews is in 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she later on, uh, speaking of Blake Edwards, meet her husband. (laughs) She bears her breasts for Blake Edwards in uh, SOB. Yeah. Uh, talking about an under, way underrated movie. I've heard. A lot I'm of not people seen it. What's that movie? Sob is a fantastic movie. That that is probably my favorite Blake Edwards movie. Um, and it's all it's uh, late seven. Probably it's, I, I think well, it might be eighty. I think it actually when it came out. And it's 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 all inside baseball Hollywood type mm-hmm. stuff at the t- at the time. You know, it, it all it all centers around this. Uh, uh, suicidal movie producer and then all his friends and everything so I mean it's just it, yeah it's just, it's just fantastic I mean and it's definitely that it's it has that same feel as 10 for sure yeah. you know uh, so and they did uh, Victor Victoria together too right did yes Mike Edwards direct yes. that yes yeah there's a whole Julie Andrews what's like, the, there's like this Julie Andrews movie that's pretty risque is that SOB? That's SOB. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been wanting to see that one. Mm-hmm. Ten has risque moments. She's not with her, not her but, but she there are definitely risque moments in Ten. Dudley Moore is hysterical in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, this might be his quintessential performance, though, and I think of Dudley Moore and Arthur Bach. Yeah, how do you not? Yeah. Um, the, the movie was written and directed by a guy named Steve Gordon. This was his only directorial effort. He died from a heart attack oh, no. at the age of 44 the following year. I think his only credits prior to that, I think he wrote another screenplay for a Henry Winkler vehicle. Yeah. But he was primarily a sitcom writer for, like, Barney Miller. Yeah, like, he was, like, a staff yeah. writer for Barney Miller. 
it's a tragedy because I think had he lived, oh, that's it, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's a. And this movie, the way it looks, that sets uh, so much, so many '80s comedies of this yeah. ilk look like that movie. Oh, like yeah. he, got, you know, a lot of people were like, "We're taking that style." Uh, you know, and, and it's absolute, man, there's just something great. It's just the lighting. It's just kind of that overly gelled, yeah. you know, really bright, but still kind of soft lighting that, uh, that everything's in that, you yeah, know, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the romanticize, it, it romanticizes Manhattan in a way that happened a lot in the eighties. Like you saw yeah. it in Tootsie, you saw it even in Ghostbusters, the, the way they filmed Manhattan was like, this is the big city, you know, this is the city, the metropolis of your dreams kind of thing. Right. Um, Steve Gordon, by the way, was a graduate of Ohio State. I read that today. So, really? Yeah, he's oh, an Ohio awesome. State grad. Uh, so I'm proud. That, that's something you have to emphasize more. <laughs> he produced the guy who wrote Arthur. And he wrote that, too. That's in yeah. such fantastic dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, and in the hands of Dudley Moore, just, you know, <laughs> just some of those performances. Because there is that thing. There's absurd, you know, really, you know, absurd, you know, really funny things with some, you know, dumb stuff, which I, you know... I, I love that anyway, but, but then there's just really poignant moments, and one of my favorite moments is the dinner scene where he's uh, uh, getting engaged uh, to Jill Eikenberry, yeah. you know, and he's, you know, she's just trying so hard to make this, and he just calls her an asshole, and he's like, he goes, listen, you know, it's one of my, it's my favorite line follow-up, but just by such a great joke, but so much that says with the joke is that, you know, some of us a drink, not everybody that drinks is a poet, some of us drink because we're not poets. I love that. That hits me yeah. really hard right here in the chest. You yeah. know, and then she goes, "We know a real woman could get you to drink." He goes, "Yeah, a real big woman." And it's like, <laughs> you know, he he bears his soul for half a second, you know, and you know, but then he's like, "No, forget it." You know, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to go right back to how I am. You know, it's like I, I I've seen this movie since I was a kid. I've I've never I've at least once a year watched this movie since then. You know, and I. As I got older, the more I love this movie, the more I identified to a certain extent with the character of Arthur. I mean, honestly, it's it's like okay, you have a you have a short, drunk man child uh, who's self centered. That is kind of me in a nutshell. You know, well, not so know. much anymore. But that I was. I didn't know that you were rich. Yeah, I, I didn't say rich. That's the, there's there 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 in itself is the yeah that's the, that's why I'm where I am. You know, people and, tell me I look like Liza Minnelli. <laughs> well, there you go. It writes itself, right? No, but I know what you mean. Like I identify like Arthur. It's strange that we're saying this, but this British billionaire, like this yeah. this, this basically this uh, trust fund kid, essentially. Yeah. Is so sympathetic and so identifiable to, to people. Yeah, you know, because I think the thing is, Arthur's not a snob. No, that's no. the big thing. Arthur loves he's everybody not. for who they are. He's not judgmental of anybody. He yeah. likes people. He loves people, and I think that's his most redeeming yeah. quality and and why he draws people in. I mean, the chauffeur loves him, and I love the chauffeur in this yeah. movie yeah. too. I think he's great. Brickman, Brickman, yeah. yeah. Uh, they all love Arthur because he doesn't treat them like servants. He treats them it's like my people. family. Yeah. More than his own family, yeah, you know. But his humor and and the drinking and 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 the process, it's all running away, you know. Yeah, I think because he actually did that part of it, kind of being a bit of having a substance abuse problem, um, wanting wanting the hooker to like him, mm-hmm. um, uh, making sure that you know, like like you know, you're you're paying, you know, you're you're paying this prostitute for whatever she's going to do whatever you want. 
but he wants, you know, he wants her to like him. He wants, you know, her, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's that kind of thing. I, I, I have a friend that I actually reminds me a lot of Arthur in those respects, you know, that it's just, but it's just hiding from the pain and just like, uh, finding, you know, any of that stuff. It's just like, well, this, that, you know, I don't care who it is. They have to like me, you know, um, even though I'm paying you to like me, but I still want you to like me for me. No matter what, you know. Um, That's sad. Doesn't have a yeah. close circle of friends. That's no. the big thing. That's he's lonely. lonely. He's yeah. very lonely. Incredibly lonely. Yeah. He's not alone. He's lonely. Yeah. People know him and yeah. they kind of enjoy his antics probably mm-hmm. in a casual way. But he doesn't, you know, outside of Hobson, he doesn't really have people hanging no. by him, you know. No, Hobson's definitely his father figure. For <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. He calls him son. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that solidifies that relationship. Yeah, oh, yeah I mean, it's yeah. almost literally. <laughs> I don't know how you figured that one out. Yeah, and like, he right. calls him son, and I'm like, oh, that's good enough for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably the best character in the movie. Is awesome. Oh, John Gilgood. Yeah. And John Gilgood just, once again, these roles are in the hands of such masters. Dudley Moore and, and Liza Minnelli and John Gilgood. Of just taking, he, you know, the man is just, out, you know, one of the greatest actors. I mean, he's, right, he was, you know, one of the great Shakespearean actors, what have you. I honestly... Did not know anything of this man before <laughs> yeah. Arthur and probably passed it, you know. Yeah. Um, but but his sense of comic timing is, you know, same thing with Liza Minnelli. They're not necessarily comic actors, but they're good actors. Man, and their comic timing is brilliant, mm-hmm. you know. Their delivery of those lines uh, would, in, in the hands of a lesser actor, even a comic actor, probably wouldn't have as good a punch as they'd had, you know. I remember, like, when I, I would discuss... My parents love Arthur. And, yeah. And I remember discussing it with them after seeing it on Encore, you know, for the first time yeah. in its entirety. And as soon as I did that, my dad starts going, perhaps I should come in there and wash your dick for you. <laughs> yeah. My dad loves that line. He quotes it constantly. And that's my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's just yeah. that big, brief exchange. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take a bath. I'll alert the media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're on the bath for me? That's what I look for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he is... I like it when he first meets um, Linda... You know, the whole, like, exchange about mm-hmm. the tie and when Arthur invites her to the dinner and ever she's like, what should I wear? He's like, steal something casual. Yeah. <laughs> well, that whole, that whole exchange is so great. <laughs> yeah. And she, you know, and she, yeah, there's a point where she's like, yeah, and, you know, and she gets a good line off. She's like, would it be funny if he called me? And he's like, yes, Arthur. And, yeah. he just, you know, he, yeah. he just, he's very good at shutting people down. He's just right. great, great at being an ass. Yeah. You know, yes. and but being of somebody in that position that's how you're going to be and it's it's you know and even the person you know maybe possibly the only person that in the world that he loves yeah is probably arthur but he is just constantly shitty to him oh yeah i mean hobson to me like i think all those exchanges with even with uh linda is love like he that's his sign of affection is when he lays in that thick all the sarcasm thick on you like he goes one must go to a bowling alley. Usually, one must go to a bowling alley to meet a woman of your stature. Yeah. Because <laughs> I see no reason to prolong this conversation unless you plan on kicking. <laughs> what do you say? Knocking over, over a fruit stand later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are brilliant lines, and yeah. he just delivers them so beautifully, so dry. Yeah. Yeah. But he has such a. I love that, like the hard edge character that Anya is very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And uncaring, but this is the most caring person probably in the whole movie. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, he goes to her apartment. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is a great scene. He's like, you and your undershirt, please (laughs) take a few steps back so I can enter this building. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to give a shout-out to, was it Barney Martin, this name of the actor who plays his dad? He's so good. He's such a great actor. Did he play uh, Jerry Seinfeld's dad? Yeah, he was Seinfeld's dad on the show. Seinfeld's dad. He, he was like a Mel Brooks actor at times. I know he was in the producer. Yeah, he was in a lot of springtime for Hitler. Cast. He played oh, okay. uh, the short-lived uh, Don Rickles, uh, Richard, uh, uh, not Felzer, but uh, the other '80s comic. But Daddy Dearest with uh, Don Rickles played his best friend in that uh, sitcom. Um, uh, yeah, so no, yeah, just it's just great. You, you, this whole movie is just chock full of great character actors. Paul. Um, Oh God! What's the guy's name? Paul, the guy who played the principal in uh, 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 the Breakfast Club. Club. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it just, it's, yeah. But, well, the, the classic '80s asshole in every '80s movie. Oh. Is an asshole. You <laughs> is know, he want to get shut down by. Uh, yeah, he's supposed to get shut down by Hobson. Yeah, yeah. screw you. You know, uh, yeah. So I mean, just there's just at every turn there's great. The woman that plays the prostitute. I don't know her name, but she's, you know, you still see her in movies and television. You know. Uh, yeah, it's just the it's, it's just just great casting all around. There's you know, oh, there's not there there there's not a bad actor in this movie whatsoever. No, not a bad role, you know. Yeah, not a bad role. Yeah, uh, Barney Martin in particular, like he has a great relationship with Liza Minnelli. They have great chemistry as a father and daughter. Yeah. And when he's like, so who is this bum? And he's like, you know, <laughs> tying his tie with his <laughs> his hundred yeah. shirt on. And she goes, Dad, he's a billionaire. You have my permission to marry him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I guess I read that he was a substitute for Jackie Gleason on the on the honeymooners set. Like, really? Like he would come in and fill in for Jackie Gleason when Gleason couldn't be there. Wow. As far yeah, as like, yeah. and I said that makes perfect sense. Yeah. He looks like Fred Flintstone. He looks like he should play yeah. Fred Flintstone yeah. in the movie. You know Gunn. what Arthur did? Arthur really glorified being drunk, being a drunk. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not, yeah. Well, I mean, that's where you, where you kind of have well, to. Well, I remember being a little girl and not really having seen the movie, um, but just knowing, oh, that's Arthur. He's that goofy drunk guy. <laughs> like seriously. And anytime I would hear the Christopher Cross song, I'd be like, oh, that's Arthur's song. Yeah. And it actually well, is called. That's Arthur's an Arthur song. song. Yeah. But I mean, I, that's just how influential the movie was. I hadn't even seen it yet. Yeah. 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 And I knew yeah. about well, Arthur. Well, yeah, yeah. and the, you know, of course, that's when the wow. There's a lot wrong with the other movie. But the fact that they were just trying to get him sober. And mm-hmm. I understand, we understand nowadays you really can't. It's, you should never made remade that movie. Yeah. Of course, somebody who's just a, a drunk, you're not necessarily supposed to. But they never really said he had a problem. I mean, it was one of those things he was just drinking to hide from things. And then once mm-hmm. he started to grow up, he wasn't drinking all the time. Yeah. You know, it was, it was. Uh, I mean, maybe a little irresponsible. But still, it's just like, oh, you know, drunks are funny. It is. It's a funny That's thing. That's what I was going to say, especially when you're yeah. a little girl. You know, the way, how physical he was. You know, it was mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, it's okay to have, you know, it is kind of a fantasy in that way where he's, yeah. he's a drunk that's not abusive or he's very sweet. He's right. very, yeah. just funny, sweet, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, just having a good time. And it doesn't make it sound like they don't romanticize in the sense that, like, oh, this is how people should be because he's also yeah. irresponsible exactly. in a way. And they yeah. like that. They don't really get on him for drinking. Well, right. Hobson even makes comments like, you know, you don't want to be dead in a gutter yeah. somewhere, you know, with toothless <laughs> down the line. Um, but he plays a drunk in, in more of a vaudevillian cartoonish mm-hmm. way. Like, yeah. I say Belushi yeah. in Animal House is a more realistic drunk for a comedy. Yeah. Like, that's, I've seen people that get drunk like John Belushi, you know, where they get right. really quiet and they just, like, mm-hmm. bounce around. 
Arthur's more flamboyant drunk. Mm-hmm. Right. He's more like a screwball comedy. Drunk well, that's why that's kind of yeah. what I mean by they kind of glorify it. Like they make it yeah. seem like yeah. like getting drunk is so fun and yeah. you'll be funny and you'll yeah. have friends and you'll be rich and you can <laughs> yeah. ride in a car, you know, an expensive car. Well, getting drunk is fun. <laughs> Listen, I am. <laughs> I've, I have taken most of my life as my my career as a drunk has actually been trying to chase Dudley Moore and Arthur and be that animated fun all the time drunk. I understand that sometimes that doesn't happen. Or maybe never happens, but sometimes I think it does. So, so until until somebody tells you it doesn't happen, I'm going to continue to do it. Yes. Here's the irony too: he never drank in real life, Dudley Moore. This, like Liza Minnelli, in an interview with the actor studio, said he conjured up this character from his imagination. He never drank. Wow. Uh, In fact, later on, people thought he was drunk because he had that debilitating disease that ended up killing him like, about ten years ago, and he started slurring his speech, so people, like, I think Barbara Streisand fired him from a film she was making in the late 90s. I forget what it was. I don't think it was Prince of Tides. Yeah. It was another film, because they thought he was <laughs> In hindsight, that was a bad luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he probably, he probably lucked out. Well, he didn't luck out, but, you know, that he wasn't missing anything, at the very least. Um, that paralyzed him. Like, it's, it really yeah. caused him oh, like, a twisted paralysis. And that... Devastated me when I found out about it because mm-hmm. I love Dudley Moore so much. To see somebody that lively and that entertained me that much, having mm-hmm. to suffer from that disease. Because for an entertainer, that has to be similar to what I think was happening mm-hmm. to Robin Williams when he, you know, committed well, suicide, that they were finding out that he was getting like a Parkinson's or something yeah, to that effect. Yeah. Right? Um, I think for a comedian, that's got to be tough to lose that timing and that ability sure. to entertain. Same with uh, Richard time. Pryor as well. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, having Even MS. Michael J. Fox is the yeah. same way with Parkinson's. Yeah. yeah. It's so sad. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of tough when they take away, because as we okay. all know, people yeah, who are, you know. But it still breaks your heart, you know. Yeah. We all try to be, you know, uh, you know, well, we're all funny, you know, but that's kind of, you have to go to say that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we, huh? <laughs> but it's, yeah, we all know that, because it's not even necessarily that you have to be out on a stage doing it, mm-hmm. you know. You're cracking up your friends and family, you know, if you lose, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. If I were to lose that, that would be absolutely devastating. You know, that's that's when life's over. You know, I mean, it, yeah, you could. I mean, I, you know, I could be paralyzed from the neck down and probably be okay as long as I can still crack a joke. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. And a bottle of beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hopefully someone would feed it. <laughs> See where everyone just has. Another example. Or two examples of people that yeah, were gifted point. verbally. Where, like, we love pro wrestling. Bobby the Brain Heenan lost his ability to speak at one point. And, and then he was, like, mm-hmm. one of the funniest people on pro wrestling. And Roger Ebert. I was going to say that. Yeah, who was such a witty guy. That documentary critic. is a heartbreaker. Oh, yeah. how about uh, uh, Muhammad Ali? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That man, man, they're, you know, they're just, yeah. just talking about a wordsmith, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah and it's, yeah, it's just, it, yeah, I mean, it's just a shame to... You know, it's like, don't let, let everything else go. And they're probably saying the same thing, you know, let everything else go. Please (laughs) don't let my ability to, you know, to turn a phrase, you know, go away because that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the worst thing. It's the worst. I mean, at least he had the ability to to write, you know, exactly his articles and express himself that way. Um, but that's probably why. This generation, like subsequent generations, aren't as familiar with Dudley Moore because, like, probably after the '80s, maybe 
it seeped into the early 90s. He wasn't making movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to point people back to Arthur because he's extraordinarily funny in this movie, especially the drunk scenes. Like that moose yeah. scene oh, with the father-in-law. The oh, God, it's moose. Oh, my God. Uh, he goes, must have really hated that moose. He had <laughs> a, improvised a lot, some of this. Yeah. I'm looking at today with a little bit of a critical eye. Uh, but not too much because you know, as I, I don't want to ruin the movie right. for myself. I, but I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, he's improvising some of this. Yeah, they, they said the cra- the cast and crew laughed hysterically through the whole filming of the yeah. movie. In fact, yeah. at one point during the moose scene, a crew member was laughing so hard he fell off his <laughs> chair during the filming. Uh, oh that's a com- the highest compliment you can make to a comedian is like. People that are supposed to be silent yeah. could not. But it's just a, it's a great exchange of this. That whole scene oh. was just rapid fire jokes, rapid fire jokes. He had already established one joke with the moose, just him and the moose, you know. Yeah. But then it's just like you know, you say, "Oh, it's a tough room." I'll have to tell you that, you know, which is brilliant. <laughs> then there's you must have hated this moose, and then you know, yeah. and then the you know, and then of course uh, the father comes over over top of him, and he just kind of backs down. You know, which is almost a a, uh, a Marx Brothers yeah. thing, where you have the uh, oh, what's her name? Who was always the uh, uh, Margaret Demond, right? Margaret yeah. Demond part. You know, everybody is Margaret <laughs> Demond to to Arthur pretty much this whole movie. Uh, like, would you forget the moose for a moment? You know, that was stuck <laughs> yeah. out for me. And man, I hated Burt Johnson when I watched this as a kid. I just <laughs> hated his character so much because he. Such a bully, you know. Yeah, just forcing everybody to go to his. My own. favorite though is he's telling Arthur that not that if he makes her unhappy, he's gonna, you know. Yeah. He's gonna punish him, and then he goes, "I want <laughs> you to work for me, Arthur." And he says, "Is she unhappy already?" <laughs> yeah. That is so good. It's a great line. Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm saying. He does all these yeah. little things, and there's just little, it, it, always he just little subtle reactions and just noise, you know. Uh, him going to Linda's apartment after he he gets engaged and he's really super drunk and just that little exchange going back and forth to yeah. the car and you know where he trips through the hedge and he, he yells you know you're a hedge he's talking going into the hedge now I don't know if he's actually got a line there or he just decided I'm just going to be saying something but I know I'm going to be tripping over this hedge so it's, it's not even really any words I mean yeah. but it's just like it's just things like that where he's just you know everything is so I mean he's a technician he's an absolute yes. technician in this movie yeah. of what he's doing especially in those drunk scenes they're just they're I mean they're, I mean that's a clinic on how to do on, on you know how to give a funny performance as an actor oh it is and, and, and like that one scene you're talking about with the hedge when he meets that couple that's playing you know oh, God, he keeps referencing it. that like in a lesser movie <laughs> a lesser performance they wouldn't pay attention to anything that has doesn't have anything to do with yeah. the main plot he brings back these little small yeah. moments brings them back again and you start laughing because it's like that's what a drunk does they focus yeah. on things that have nothing to do with what's really right. going on um, and the opening scene of Gloria the prostitute is so it's just you a hooker I thought I was doing great with yeah. you <laughs> he's like it'll be $200 for all this he's like oh when do you get off work yeah <laughs> I think my favorite scene, well, one of my favorite, is kind of underrated, is the proposal scene with Susan, and the way she reacts to him. There's a part where he's pulling out the thing, and she wipes a tear from her eyes. It's a magical meeting. Yeah, and he's just like, <laughs> and he just, he's like, he's just, uh, waiter. Or she says like it's a magical night. Yeah, it's, like, it's just so good. It's uh, Susan, you're such an asshole. He says that to her. And poor, my gosh, yeah. man, just you do feel, you have to feel bad. For Susan in this yes. movie, oh, yeah. I you, do absolutely. Do you? 
Yes. Because yeah, <laughs> that poor woman didn't do anything but fall fall in love with the wrong guy. Was she really yeah. in love? Though? Huh? I think she, really she was because she. Was in love? She just. Or was she just getting pressured too to marry him? I don't think so. I mean, because in every scene, she just absolutely she doesn't care. And I'm sure we've all known somebody who's been in that relationship where it's just like, listen, listen, he's 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 a drunk. He does it, you know. She she even said it. You can get drunk. You can throw up. You're not calling me for months. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna yeah. marry you know. But there's probably women out there like that. It doesn't. Well, actually, he doesn't even really love you. He's in love with somebody else. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I don't care. You know, there's there are people that are like that. But yeah. you know, she has to love him because it's not like she's after his money or anything like right. that. Like she yeah. she has money too. Not so, as much though. Yeah, I think that's part of the merger. Yeah, it is. It's part of they want they. They haven't really given backstory of whether they were always pushed together or whether they just kind of got together and then both the families were like, "This is a good idea." That's which what I, I probably think. what it, yeah it was they what were it is. Together, because even at the end when when Linda shows up and what's her Susan seems more embarrassed mm-hmm. than upset. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's more like, how could you leave me at the altar? I can't believe this. Instead of, oh my God, you're the love of my life. Don't yeah. leave me. Well, well that's right. Because you said you finally said I'm gonna love another woman, and she just you know couldn't. Yeah, I think it is She's one of those things where they probably... That's why she ran away with the bridesmaids. Yeah. Yeah. I do think Susan likes and cares for Arthur. Yeah. Um, certainly. Well, how can I, think you not? I think I think yeah. Arthur, in a way, does care for Susan. He's not in love with her. Yeah. His resentment for her. I think it's... A, I think it's... They might have met, but then yeah. the parents just decided... Mm-hmm. Like, his father was like, okay, this is a great opportunity... Because Burt Johnson is going to give him a job, mm-hmm. is going to make him responsible. They keep saying, we're tired of waiting for you to grow up. It's time for you to grow up. And Burt Johnson is going to beat this man into becoming an adult, whether he yeah. likes it or not. And I think Burt Johnson is is willing to take this on because, uh, you know, probably I think because he wants to make his daughter happy. But it's like he said, even though he is as, you know, might be as, maybe not as rich or even as rich as, as the box... He came. He says he came from nothing. Yeah. The box obviously. This is old money. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's grandmother. So this is his opportunity to have a seat at up. the table. Yeah. This is like, yeah, I have the money, but am I mm-hmm. part of the you know the elite rich in New York City? Well, this is my opportunity to to make that happen. And you know, and if I have to you know turn his drunken child of a son into a man, well, that's then that's what I'll do. You know. So if you know, if you think about it too much, which you don't really want, no. <laughs> it's but just a dumb comedy, but you know. Uh, Arthur refers to Burt Johnson at the beginning of the film as like he's a criminal, mm-hmm. and the father goes, We all are, Arthur. I don't know what, I, think, I don't know if he's talking metaphorically, like anybody who's wealthy is criminal. And well, I think way. anybody who's that big up, I mean, you know, personally, yeah. I think anybody who has that much money is a criminal yeah. at some <laughs> point in time, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that's probably exactly what he means. He's like, listen, yeah. I'm not, you know. They robbed from Peter to pay Paul. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, he, yeah, he's probably like, listen, I'm not innocent, you know. No. I'm sure he's got, some, you know, any, uh, you know, I would assume anybody of that rich elite kind of thing, they all got skeletons in their closet. Yeah. You, know? uh, the you don't have to be rich to have skeletons in your closet either. Well, this is true. That's a little wisdom for y'all. <laughs> and the deeper resentment Burt Johnson has yeah. is, is, is he sees Arthur as like, this guy had everything handed to him from, Mm-hmm. Inception. Mm-hmm. I had to work my way up from poverty. I killed people to get right. where I am yeah. today, and I, I'm going to show him what real life is really like. I'm going to actually. It might be that undercurrent between the yeah. two of them. Like, yeah. He Arthur represents the Burt Johnson. Everything Burt Johnson yeah. resented. There is an incredible amount of subtext in this movie that 
you don't have to really yeah. get no. into, no. you know, unless you've seen it, you know, 150, 200 times, like probably you have and <laughs> I have, you know. But there is a there's a lot of subtext to this movie that you know I think that a lot of people just uh, that I know the first time I watched it didn't even think about it. It was just one of these movies that you quoted. Yeah, you know, it was it, this was. This is a movie that, as a moviegoer, is one of these is one of those watershed moments for me as a moviegoer. That's like Star Wars or something mm-hmm. like that. But this movie is that way as well. Of just like it taught me about comedy. Um, it was kind of when VCRs were first around, and my my uncle was like the first, you know, of the family to have a VCR and old Betamax, <laughs> but taping stuff of, off of HBO, yeah. taping movies, and my cousin and I would watch comedy movies and he would just always go through to the comedy parts to the funny parts yeah. so you just quote me he wouldn't really watch yeah. the rest of the movie so, yeah. and he used to, we used to do that with Arthur all the time this is one of those movies that I learned comedy that way but also learned things just like uh, continuity errors the first yeah. thing I ever really noticed it was like hey wait a minute when Arthur's in a bathtub there's a point there's one point in time he doesn't have uh, soap suds on his head and then they cut back and he's got soap suds on his head. <laughs> you know, uh, Linda's yeah. dress at, yeah. at the engagement party, the collar's up and then the collar's down. You know, yeah. it's just, it's little things like that that this, you know, it's a, this movie, this this movie has given me so much as as a movie fan over the years and, and continues, you know, to this day. It's, you know, so like I said, it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies as well. Uh yeah, I mean, I, like, I think there's a great deal of subtext to this. I think it's a tight screenplay. It, there's not an ounce of fat on the movie either. Every scene matters in the film. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it's so character-driven. I, like, I, I compare it to Rocky in a way, because the original yeah. Rocky, they have similar character dynamics and rich, layered characters that you kind of love. You know, and I think there, I've always felt there are similarities between Rocky and Arthur that way. Like these limited casts that you really get to know really well. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing I was saying. The casting is very, it's very lean. It's yeah. If there's not an actor in there that doesn't need to be there, right? You know, um, nobody's getting the line thrown in for no reason. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's you know, that's all the way around. I think it's brilliant. You know, filmmaking. It might look a little bit like I said. I talked about the look of the movie. And it might be a little dated yeah, now. Sure. But yeah. I said that set the that's the set the pace yeah. for for movies. It is. The uh, the scores fan. I mean, the scores Burt Bacharach. Yeah. You oh my know? gosh! Can and we the, talk about that main? Oh, oh, oh my god! I love that. I love that too. It's that, so good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Burt Bacharach. You don't yeah, get any okay. better. I am sharing that particular piece of music because yeah. we could talk. We'll eventually talk about Arthur's theme. Christ. Yeah, but. It's called Money. Is that piece Definitely of music? That yeah. Song? Oh yeah, I love that so much. First of Here, all, I'm gonna see if okay. I can pull it up. <laughs> I'm a big Paul McCartney, Billy Joel fan, and that you like, are? captures like the kid, like with the clarinet playing. That feels like something out of The Stranger. Yeah, you know, or Cheers. It has that kind of. Oh, it, they, oh, this definitely. This and, I think might have had a little bit of a Cheers influence. Too, oh, you know? absolutely. Just yeah. you know. Um, yeah. 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 It's my favorite piece of music. That's the instrumental part. The look, the sets. Like that's what I'm set. saying. The sets, everything. Um, yeah. Nobody's really driving a new car. No. They're all, you know, although the limousines are classic cars. His cars isn't, you know, is is an old convertible. It's not, you know, they're everything you want. Everything classic. All the rooms and everything, right. you know, it doesn't have a new. This is 1981. Everything could have had a very, very new look to it. But everything is just always has that, like almost like Cheers. It, it yeah. has a lived in. Mm-hmm. Rustic feel to it, um, you know. Yeah. Which, yeah, and that's I mean that's part of it. Like you know, 
this, I didn't know this was his man's only movie, but this, right. this, this is a brilliantly executed movie all the way around. I fell in love with, with, with the five-star steakhouses in restaurants, Italian restaurants, because of this movie. Like, just fine dining, like when he's with Gloria yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, oh my God, I get hungry every time I watch this movie. Yeah. Because those restaurants look beautiful. Yeah. And the Bentley, you know, like, yeah. they, they, they're gorgeous. And like the Rolls Royce. It, it really glamorizes wealth. Like I said, if that's yeah. the kind of wealth I had, I, yeah. I, I would really enjoy. And even in the, the Johnson's kind of house, which is a little bit garish. I mean, the two, yeah. the the you know, the two uh, suits of armor yeah. coming in that you know coming in the door. But it's yeah. all still you know, it, it's, yeah, it's still that you know that uh, it still looks beautiful. I mean, yeah, oh. and it just. Uh, and then know. Linda's apartment where their dad is so homely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With. Bacharach, especially, like, he's on par with people like McCartney melodically. Like, he is a superb songwriter. Oh, he's, like, yeah. Know. I, yeah, he's on that. I mean, I, I find, I think Burt Bacharach's just brilliant. He's a brilliant. There's singer. nothing that, that I've ever heard that I liked from Burt Bacharach. He also Except did, for that, I like money. Yeah, money, money? money is my the favorite. The song money, and actual money. <laughs> yeah, I like money, <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> you know, I like any song... Actually, I realize this. Any song that has money in the title, I tend to love anyway. I don't know why, but it, it generates great... Like Pink Floyd's great money. It's just such a fun song. You know, it's, I think Pink Floyd's money's overplayed for me. Oh, it's definitely overplayed. <laughs> yeah. So is Dire Straits' Money for Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that one, though. I ah, that's like, way overplayed. Yeah, that you know what? That came out when I was in high school... So that was one of the, and that, you want to talk about it being, <laughs> oh, it was overplayed then, you know. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a song you could definitely gotten sick of if you were, if you're doing nothing but listening to, uh, you know, current radio, which I was at yeah. 15, 16 when it came out. So, yeah, yeah. to me, not a, not a fan yeah. of that movie, uh, I that got song that, anymore. From yeah. that perspective, I love You Never Give Me Your Money, you know, it just yeah. starts the Abbey Road medley. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, um, was it Money, Money, Money? <laughs> but I do love that song. It's been hijacked, but I love that song. Yeah. You know. Who sings that? That's the the Ohio Players did it. Oh, yeah, did. that is um, a very catchy, great song. Yeah. The money, uh, that's what I want. It's like this oh, classic yeah. frat boy, you know, fraternity song from Animal House, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Backrack, like he, he he did the score for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which I love. Yeah. It's another great score. Paul Newman. Which yeah, Paul Newman. Uh, and Braindrops Keep Falling on My Head came mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. Um, and he did a lot of the Beyond Warwick songs, like Walk well, On By. And, yeah. Which are all great pop songs. And you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff he did. Well, he, well, and he actually wrote. He was co-writer with uh, Christopher Cross and like two other people. I was looking at the credits on this song. He did a lot of stuff, and there's a, there's a great movie called Grace in My Heart. Um, uh, which is, uh, is a um, movie that's about Carol Kane, um, mm-hmm. but it's fictionalized. She so it's not actually Carol Kane, but it's kind of mm-hmm. about her life uh, that Allison Anders uh, directed. But he, um, the main song, or what you know, it, like he wrote the song. He Burt Bacharach and Elvis Costello wrote the the song. The, the kind of the main song that she you know when she kind of starts to go out on her own um, which is absolutely brilliant and then they this is like 1996 then they collaborated on an album um, right Burt Bacharach that. and Elvis Costello especially the three of you 
Absolutely. All dudes. I highly recommend that you you find that album. It is absolutely fantastic because it just doesn't it really doesn't get better than that. Elvis Costello's had that amazing career because I remember that period when because they were on and they even made an appearance on Austin Powers. I, think I was just gonna say yeah. Yeah. Well, on the first Austin Powers when yeah, that was he's like, Everybody, Mr. Burt Bacharach and he's playing what Wasn't the joke that was that he had an album was yeah. like Burt Bacharach plays, plays his, his hits. hits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was like uh, everybody started laughing. It's like, why is that funny? <laughs> then he, um, it's funny with Costello because he did he collaborated with McCartney yeah, in the late eighties too. Yeah, I mean, so he's always been hired by these players. old. old well, because he, he's not necessarily a singer. He was always he was you know he's a songwriter and producer. Yeah. that was his thing. He was not necessarily that's he, you always hear Burt Backrack, but you don't hear him sing. It's like said Dion Warwick and uh, you know. I, I think Aretha Franklin even worked with him. I mean, he's worked with a lot of yeah, people yeah. over the years. He's like, uh, you know, he's like Carlos Santana. It's just there's, there's, you know, they're not their their voice isn't coming out over there, you know, but everything else is there that's there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what's interesting with Christopher Cross is he just came off this big debut album that came out I think yeah. in '79. The sailing couple, album. Yeah, the yeah. sailing and uh, ride like the wind. <laughs> uh, I did a very funny thing just hit the back of my head because you know Jamie Walker very well. Yeah. yeah. So if you know Jamie Walker, uh, you've probably heard quite a few Christopher Cross songs <laughs> in the nineties and two thousand. Mark Tiburcio, you heard quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, when you try being his roommate, try actually like waking up at about eight o'clock in the morning, not wanting to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, tired and hungover, and hearing Christopher Cross being sung at top volume. Accompanied by piano <laughs> by, <laughs> by Mr. Jamie Walker. Uh, I would love to hear that. Uh, well, it was interesting, like, that that album, Ride Like the Wind, Michael McDonald made an appearance, and that was, like, mm-hmm. when he was hot. Michael McDonald was always pr- providing backing vocals on all his friends' yeah. albums, like Kenny Loggins, and, and they did a sketch on SCTV where Rick Moranis plays Michael McDonald running into the studio as they're recording Ride Like the Wind, and he would just come in for his part, and start singing it and then leave and then he would come back again and he had the beard and everything he looked full blown oh, Michael McDonald I can't help but think about um, listening to the Arthur theme it makes me think of um, uh, oh my god the show that you directed with Jerkins yeah oh oh uh, the, the, the putts yes yeah because yeah. remember that impromptu scene we did Yes, where we, yes played, did, yeah. where we played this song and pretended like we were all. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we actually utilized this in the song. Oh, uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, the copyright was fully <laughs> provided. <laughs> but um, I actually generally like Christopher Cross. It was a free show, so we didn't. It was a free. <laughs> he's he's under what they call yacht rock. Yes, yeah, he is. yeah. Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald. He hung out with all those guys. And uh, were they the yacht pack? <laughs> they went yachting. I don't even know if yachting took place, but their the music fits. You know, my dad loved, like my dad loves the Doobie Brothers. He loved those, like yeah, the, especially the Michael McDonald. He loved both eras, but he liked he really liked Michael McDonald. Um, and they all wrote together and they worked on each other's albums. And his album won Grammy of the Year. I think it was like his debut album. He had like two or three hits: "Sailing," "Ride Like the Wind." Mm-hmm. And so they wanted him to compose the score for Arthur. And I think Steve Gordon, the studio didn't, and Steve Gordon said, I would like a more experienced composer. So they brought in Burt Bacharach, which, like, well, that's a huge upgrade. Yeah. As much as I like Christopher Cross, Bacharach is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Yeah. Uh, I like Arthur's theme. I I have nostalgia for it. You know, know. just you, yeah, when you hear it, 
it, yeah, it's one of those songs that once again because it just reminds you of that of the movie. Oh, I mean, it just and you just it, yeah, like I say that always. This anything related to this movie will always put a smile on my face. Well, yeah. and the um, Arthur's theme is so cheesy. It's so yeah. over the top, but that's the that's the great thing about it. it is. You know? Yeah, like it, I love the part where he says, "Showing himself a pretty good time." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just cracks me up. You know, I thought of that too. Like, they, it would have been better <laughs> if they had not written specific lyrics towards the second verse on Arthur and kept it gen- yeah. as a general New York song. I guess it came about uh, Peter Allen, who was Liza Minnelli's ex-husband, yeah. was on a plane. And he was sitting between the moon and literally New York City, and he's the one who came up. With well, that she line. just she just refused to marry a straight man. Yeah, no, <laughs> she just refused. <laughs> so he got a songwriting credit. There's yeah. like four credited songwriters. It's Christopher Cross, Bacharach, Carol Bayer, Sager, who's another contemporary of Bacharach. Yeah. She goes back to the '60s, and then Peter Allen, and he won an Oscar because it won Best Original Song that year. So this guy who came up with that one line, but that line makes the song. That's just the line everybody yeah. remembers. Which one? Showing himself a pretty good time? Oh, no. Uh, the When you get coffee between the uh, New York Oh, City. totally. Yeah. The best that you can Yeah. He was on a plane in between the moon and New yeah. York. That's how he came up with that line. So he gets credit for that one That's line. That's amazing. Yeah. Even though Bacharach and, and Christopher Cross, yeah. I'm sure, fleshed that into but that, a, right, yeah. Yeah. a catchy melody. <laughs> And I always think of Arthur in that car, in that limo, during that, yeah. you know... Well, the, 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 the final... The, that, that, yeah. the, 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 the end credits scene right, yeah. is just that thing, because it gives you that feeling, you know? Like I said, there's a, there's a certain feeling when I watch this movie, and especially yeah. the end credits... That just kind of gives you this, yeah. this, you this great warm feeling it inside your... It's such a feel-good movie, I was just going to say. It's absolutely yeah. a feel-good movie. I was so happy he was with Lyndon that they were going to keep the money, and I mean, you just, yeah, yeah it's, it's such a feel-good You laugh, you, you cry a little laugh, bit, too. You the, cry, the, you have a good time, and, and then you say to yourself, what would I do if I got caught between the moon and New York City? Yeah. <laughs> the best thing I could do is I, I I always, like... Well, if you've taken a flight in the evening to New York City, you probably have. This is how big a film geek I am, though. When, when that song starts, the Orion logo starts yes! popping up in my head. Yes! And the same thing happens with I'm Alright from Caddyshack. It's absolutely. The same era. I absolutely. I love that Orion like opening oh, logo. Always, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. And they, but they would just either be quiet or they would have the music rolling in. Yeah. yeah I funny. think they're probably the funk studio now, but they had a lot of movies in the 80s. Yeah, like, they yeah. Motor Brothers always... Distributed them, so you always see that mm-hmm. yeah. Warner logo underneath it. But I always, whenever I hear that yeah. song, I think of that opening oh, title. But you, you know, we talked about this movie that a lot of people have not. It doesn't have the legacy that a lot of these other comedies do, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I'll say this much because there are probably a lot of younger people who don't know this movie at all. And as a matter of fact, I uh, one night a friend of mine, about twenty years my junior, you know, so in her twenties. I was kind of bored, and we're like, oh, let's just try to see what's on on demand, you know. And Arthur, I'm like, we gotta watch this movie. She's <laughs> yeah. like, what is this? I never even heard of it. It's like 1981. I'm just, I'm like, just hold on, you know, <laughs> save all judgment before, you know. And uh, and we watched that movie, and she was like, wow, that is a fantastic mm-hmm. movie. I've never heard of it in my mm-hmm. entire life. You know, and you're right. This is one of these movies 
that uh, you know probably those of us that do know this movie should be making all the younger people yeah. that we know go yeah. watch this movie. Sit down you know? and watch it. Yeah, yeah. And it was a massive hit when it came out. It was yeah. the fourth highest grossing wow. comedy oh, of the yeah. year. I mean, Dudley Moore, like you said, he was just skyrocketed to fame. Well, we rented it that one time. Was that the first time you had seen it? No, I had seen it before seen then. Seen it before. But it had been so long. I was, you know, much Let younger. Let me tell you what. Tony was giggling so much. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was laughing to so great. It's really yeah. just so great. And, and yeah. it is such a feel-good movie. You know? You, yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought that the other night yeah. when I finished watching it. I said, this is... I feel so good about life right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I want to listen to Christopher and Cross and, and think about my future. Funny, and it holds up. And, you know, I can quote... I can... Pretty closely quote that movie line for line. Yeah. You know, maybe not all the way, but pretty darn close. I know it that much. I know where the jokes are coming. I'm still laughing, you know, when when I see this movie. This, you know. I smile every time I think of this movie. I'll be honest. I'll start watching clips online if I'm in the mood for it. It's one of those movies I go back to for comedy. I've learned a lot comedically from this movie about how to play the character, to let it, like, that scene between Hobson and Arthur about the bat. I learned a lot about just simple things can make it work. Yeah. And that also, it doesn't take a comedian to be funny. John Gielgud is a serious dramatic actor. But that's like Leslie Nielsen. Yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Around the same time, they both did these comedic roles and they became... Yeah. But they're known... I mean, John Gielgud is probably one of the greatest Shakespearean actors of all time. Yeah. But most people but know him from this I don't, movie. But yeah. I, can I? The only thing I can name, the only thing I can think to name him in is this movie. I don't know anything else he's been. He in. won the Oscar for this, right? Yeah, he did. He wasn't was there. Yeah. He, wasn't. <laughs> he was reluctant to take the role because I think he thought it was beneath him and yeah. everything. But they paid him so much money he could turn it down. Uh, so yeah. he went, but I, I'm like. You have to embrace this legacy. Yeah. This is a great film. It's not like you did schlock. It's totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he was in that movie with Malcolm McDowell. That was at that Caligula. Oh, yeah. He was so you can't be embarrassed by Arthur when right. he's done that. I guess well, but, career but to his yeah. credit, if he didn't want to do this movie, it, he didn't He he didn't uh, phone it in. No. He came in and he, he put that, you know, he put in a fantastic performance, you know. He did. Um, he won the Oscar for it. I think it's the only Oscar he ever won was Best Supporting Actor for yeah. Arthur. My parents, like I said earlier, they loved John Gilgit in this movie. Like, I talked to my mom, like, everybody in this movie is great. She goes, yeah, but I really love the scenes with Arthur, with yeah. Billy Moore and John Gilgit. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite scenes in the movie. Did, okay, so I have a question. I haven't seen the sequel, but there was a clip online of John Gilgit in it. He comes back. Okay. And, uh, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, saw I it. I saw it once because I love this movie so much yeah, that I yeah. did have to watch the second movie, and it was—I mean, it—it it, it is so god awful. It is so god awful. But yeah. yeah, he comes that day. I think he comes back as like a, a ghost or something like that. Yeah, it's you know because nobody thought. Well, they, like, nobody thought they were going to make a sequel, and they probably yeah. shouldn't have mm-hmm. yeah, uh, right. made a sequel. Yeah. Uh, you know, and definitely it's such a great scene when he died, when he. Not, I mean, there's no dying scene right. in the hospital with him and Arthur. Well, just all that and yeah. everything leading up to that. I mean, yeah. from the beginning, you watch this movie and he's, he, from the beginning, in the, the scene in the bath, he's like, listen, I just don't want you, you know, I don't want you to be alone. And, yeah. and Arthur's like, well, I'll, I'll never be, I'll never be alone. I have you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're yeah. already, they're foreshadowing his death yeah. that early in the movie. They are. You know? 
that's the reason, the only reason a sequel would have worked is if you had Gilgood back, because that was such a crucial element of this movie. To only have him as a side character yeah. takes out a lot. I mean, I love Dudley Moore and Liza Minnelli together. That's not the issue. But at losing Hobson, because you could still have Hobson while they're married as the father. I was just going to say that. And yeah. the dynamic between the threesome would have been great. He has good chemistry. I mean, there's another sweet moment when he's with, with, he tells her to go to the, uh, mm-hmm. the party, and he says... He's like, you care a lot about him. He's like, I, I do, and that's a job I highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows he's got to pass, pass yeah. it on to, to her. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, the cool thing about this movie, too, like, I mean, the whole moral or the whole story of the arc is that Arthur has to finally grow up, and that's why Hobson has to die so that he can trans- transition into a, a full-blown relationship. But it's not like Arthur changes much at the end. He's no. still drunk, you know, he's still drinking, well, yeah. you know. And actually, it was... Well, actually, yeah, but yeah. he hadn't been drinking. I think yeah. that was that was the thing. Yeah, they, they you know, and once again, maybe irresponsibly saying that he just uses, he just is kind of being drunk all the time because he's just trying to hide from being an adult. And now he's an adult, he'll stop drinking. So, you know, everybody else can do that too. Everybody else yeah. can drink to excess and fall down. All the time, and then when you're time to grow up, you can stop drinking. That's not true, but you know. But I think that was the thing of he's yeah yeah he still is, but he's and he's still not going to change. He's not going to get a job, yeah. you know. He still has his family money. Mm-hmm. He'll probably work for his father at some point in time, but he probably won't actually do anything, yeah. you know. Actually, probably he'll probably end up being Donald Trump. I was watching this, I was like, Why? This, this movie reminds me of The Graduate a lot. I mean, it's got a lot of similar... It's, yeah, it's not the yeah. same movie, but it ends in a wedding where the father-in-law is getting in a fight with him. <laughs> this is more lighthearted, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, uh, one exchange, and I think this is how good the script is, We've talked about it earlier, but there are, even with the other characters, a scene goes a certain way, and you know comedically, oh, I can see where the beats are going. Yeah. Like, when Liza, when the, when the chauffeur, Betterman, that's, that's his name, Betterman. Bitterman. Bitterman. Bitterman, Bitterman yeah. uh, drops her off, and she goes, oh, wait, can, uh, can you sh- just wait a few minutes so I can get out of the car so my neighbor can see me get out? And he goes, no, 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 wait a minute. Mrs. So-and-so deserves yeah. the entire treatment. <laughs> I'm like, yes. that's just a great line that, you know, yeah. well, he says, he something. Say, he says he character. understands. He says, I, uh, meaning he yeah. gets yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It sounds like he even knew her in a way, which was strange. Well, yeah, but yeah, I think, it, yeah, well, he, like I said, he was the the actor that played Blair Bitterman. It was just brilliant. It just yeah. a very small role. And he... Used like he took, we did the best he could with that role, right. and even though it was a very small role, he made an impression, and he didn't overact it. And he didn't try to punch him. Man, right. there's even the part where where he picks up the prostitute, and there's the other prostitute there, and he gives her money, and she's like, you know, and she's like, you know, she goes, I know who that is. That's Arthur Bach, and he goes, you know, and he's like, well, what if it is? He immediately becomes very protective of Arthur, yeah, and very tough. And then she was just like, and she goes, was there something wrong with him? And he, you know, and then he. You know, even though it's very, he, then he just kind of takes a beat. You know, great things acting. Takes his time, sighs, and says yes. You know, yeah. it's just you know, it's just a you know, a, a great, uh, a great performance. But I think I, that probably was is a uh, uh, kudos to the director on that as well. I think every single actor, the guy, the drunk in the bar, you yeah. know, 
at the end of the movie. You know, that guy's that guy's brilliant. You know, he is. Oh yeah, I mean, and there's such a there's a pathos to that when he's talking about my dad died today, which is Hobson. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. I'm lucky to know him at all. There's so many beautiful moments like that yeah. about the relationship. There's no, yeah, like I said, there's in every scene. There's no fat on it. There's no, no fat on any scene there. Even the small roles, you know, and they're just, it, it, but it's, it just seems that way. It's like we're going to find the right actor and we're going to make sure that they are playing this exactly how, it, you know, it needs to be played or playing it to the top of how it should be played. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those, what I like to call a perfect movie. Yeah. It, it, that doesn't mean that, like I said, there's continuity errors, you know, but there's certain movies, there are great movies or fantastic movies I wouldn't necessarily call a perfect movie. But this is one of those movies that's perfect. Everything hits right on the right cylinders. Uh, I call Big Trouble in Little China another perfect movie. Right. It just yeah. hits right. <laughs> it hits right on every cylinder. Right. You know, um, you know so, it is, it, the, um, the which I'm still a little bit bitter about. And Sternberger got to do that movie. Right, I, know, I, it here. I actually had a friend the other day argue that it should have been one best picture in 1986, maybe with this popular Oscar. And like, maybe it was a commercial flop. I don't I think know, anybody it, saw that movie. I know. Well, well, you're getting us total perfection. I think that's what when we find a film perfect, it's usually the tone is perfect. Yeah. Start to finish, you don't feel a wall because well, yeah. Everything once again, feels there's no yeah, like but there's no fat on it. There's no. Yeah. I mean, just everything hits right. Everything hits how it's supposed to hit. You know, and it's and on, in different tones. I mean, there's movies like you know, I mean, Raging Bull hits on every tone, but it's it's just one thing. It's just one thing. You yeah. know. These, you know, Arthur and Big Trouble in Little China, man, there's, 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 like there's that. different, yeah. yeah, there's different, you know, it's hitting you with, with comedy, with action, but also there's hitting you with the romance in, in, uh, in Arthur and it's hitting, you know, like I said, there's, there's so many little things that they're going at you. So it's just not one, you know, it's not just driving one straight line, you know, it's giving you several different looks, but in that there's, they're not missing what's, I guess kind of that's what I Call that's what I consider a perfect movie, you know. Uh, oh, I, I think it's true too. And, and Ted Ross, by the way, is the name of the actor who played Bitterman. He was in The Wiz, he's great. Yeah, he was. So he was Cowardly Lion, yeah. I wanted to mention that because I loved his performance as Bitterman, I loved his relationship with Arthur too. And like, like we talked about, I want to talk what's everybody's favorite line of dialogue from the movie because it's such a dialogue rich film. Are there a couple lines that stand out for you that are your favorites? I quote this a lot, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah it's so quotable. Yeah, I guess I'm going first. Um, I like the uh, <laughs> she upset already. <laughs> I think that's my favorite. Where he's offering to give him a job. I want you to work for me, Arthur. And he's like, is she upset already? <laughs> yeah, that's great with, with Bert Johnson. Yeah, I probably like the banter between uh, Linda and Hobson in the necktie scene outside when oh, you know yeah. she says, says steal something casual, and then she says, I think, good luck in prison. You know, yeah. just the back and forth with the hair. Uh, there are so many. I mean, like I said, I could just go ahead and quote the movie. But uh, I, I said it earlier, but, you know, I, I feel it needs repeating, you know, is definitely, you know, this is who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. Not everyone that drinks is a poet. Some of us drink because we're not poets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's just, that, to me, that's that, it's just a brilliant. Uh, that used right. to resonate with me, especially at low points for me when I listen to that. It's like, that's kind of how I feel right now. Yeah. That, that resonates. I think any people who go into the performing arts kind of feel yeah. that way at times. Um, well, not necessarily that, because I think we're all talented. 
but I think it just like the the self doubt you have, like yeah. I'm not good enough. Well, it's just something. like it's just yeah. like listen, I'm a drunk because I'm a, dr- you know, it's yeah. like yeah, I I'm I'm not Ernest Hemingway, yeah, you know, because I'm nothing because I at least feel like I'm nothing. That's why I drink, you know. Uh, I, yeah, I say once again, definitely feels that way. I have you know, like I said, this movie over the years and and it still changes to me of of like. You know, I'm definitely the kind of person who has, you know, has been a drunk for, you know, I mean, you know, for many, many years I drank every single night, you know, and I usually felt really bad about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was doing it. And it's, you know, this this lighthearted movie really did speak to me in that fashion. So, so that line, yeah, that line is always, that line will resonate with me, you know, till you know, the rest of my life, so... Uh, that's a great line. I, it's hard for me, like you, to pinpoint one specific line. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, perhaps I washed your dick for you because I have nostalgia from my dad quoting that yeah. in the car. But uh, one line I think is underrated as a piece of comedy is when he's talking of, in, in the scene with Gloria when he's meeting his aunt and uncle and he says, she's a princess from a small country. It's really small. And he goes, Rhode Island can beat the crap out of it in a fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love I love that. Oh, oh, and also with the butler and Bert Johnson's... Uh, Quarters where he's like, uh, this oh. is great stuff, you know, like oh yeah, stuff. Um, uh, yeah, oh, it's like I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. And he says to the butler, "Are you sure you want to be a nightclub comic?" <laughs> it's just yeah. like yeah, that you know. There's so many. There's yeah. I mean, it is a string of uh, even though it's a great movie all the way through, but there's also these great scenes that are uh, so fantastic on their own. Like you yeah. could just go this ten minute scene here. This this ten minute scene here, and you know that's that in itself is is more entertaining than ninety percent of the movies that were put out, even you know, the, at that time. Even the horse scene with Liza Minnelli, where the horse is yeah. really she's laughing because the horse is not yeah. doing. The horse is trying to eat the the, <laughs> the lock to get. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought and that it's was incredible. Funny. And right. it, once it's very, then that scene is yeah. incredibly touching. Yeah. To where if you're a comedy fan, it's like all right, here's like the boring romance stuff, and it's like, it's but it's brilliant writing. Yeah. It's, I mean, you you just can't. You know, it's like. Oh, I might be bored by it. It's like I'm not bored by this. There's a lot of consent in this movie too, because she asks if she can kiss John Gilbert. <laughs> and yeah, they're ahead there. of their time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we all have to do that. It's a very progressive film. For as yes. retro as it is in some ways, it's progressive. Uh, one line I do love: it, it breaks the fourth wall almost. Is the scene in the flower shop when the guy goes, <laughs> "What's oh, it like that. to have all of that money?" And he goes, "It's great. It feels great." He goes, "Stupid yeah. question." Uh, Oh, <laughs> where, where were you when I was selling cars? That's the best way. He's just buying flowers by flowers. He's like, where were you when I was selling cars? I, I do like that Arthur likes being rich, though. I mean, yeah. I, I think yeah. that is kind of a fun... Yeah, he does it. Yeah, he's not yeah. guilty about it. You know, and it's... Yeah, the, you don't... Uh, yeah, it's not this... There's no message. That's another great thing. The, the, the message about this is very universal, and I think that's that whole yeah. thing, like, why we identify, even though none of us are millionaires, and right, none yeah. of us grew up millionaires. That you, know you want them to keep the money. Even the poor people yeah. in the audience are but, willing yeah, to keep but the it's, money. It's yeah. because there's no, you know, there's no message. The message well, is true love, and, and, and you know, not, you know, just finding the right person and, and, and being, being there for that person. <laughs> but, you know, it's, and it's, I mean, it could have with those themes, they could have written a, a completely other different movie with that same theme of, of you know, working class people in the Midwest. Right. You know. Well, the thing with Arthur, too, is he's not pretentious. No. You know, no. He, he comes off as if he's one of us. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. happens to have this awesome lifestyle. 
Well, you the, know, like he, he's not snobby or rude no. or... Well, he's a, you know, he's he, a child, yeah. Yeah, exactly, you root for him. Well, he does what we would do. And yeah. I saw this, I was probably 11 or 12 years old when I saw this movie. And I'm like, <laughs> if I was yeah. 30, I mean, I'm assuming they're probably putting him at about 30. He's probably about 40 when this yeah, movie's yeah. made. But I think they're probably going to probably age him at about 30 in the movie. But I'm 30 years old. That's exactly, if I'm a millionaire, that's yeah. exactly at 12 years old. I'm like, that's how I want to live my life. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's how I want my bedroom to look like, you know. Yeah, with our, basketball. And, yeah. yeah. Our ideas of rich people came from this movie, our generation. Absolutely. Anyway, this is how we thought rich people lived. Uh, that's why I love that line because, well, it also shows Arthur's character. He's not a stop about being yeah. rich. He just admits he likes being rich. Yeah. But he knows that a guy's going to enjoy that. You know, yeah. he's going to yeah. enjoy hearing that. We're well, just going to Bergdorf Goodman, and he's like, you know, uh, you know, give me, 20, give, me yeah. give me two, yeah, give me two dozen of these shirts, sort of colors. How much? He's not even thinking about it. You know, I hate my father. Or four dozen. All right, four dozen. You know, um, he likes having nice things, all these things. But it, it, once again, it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, but then again, he. All, but that is, I think the money. He's not greedy. That's the thing. Of like, you have to marry Susan, or you don't get the money. But and I think that he probably likes all the toys and right. and all that stuff. But I don't think any of that matters. I think the fact that it's like if there's no money. Then he does have to grow. It's right. it's more of then all my security is gone. Yeah, you know it could have been you know it could have been you know thirty thousand dollars from your dad you know yeah. because you're living at home with mom and dad or whatever and they're going to cut you off. I mean and then the same thing. It's it's more security. It's not it's not the yeah the wealth means nothing to him. Yeah. And, and this is at the very beginning of the Reagan era and at the very beginning yeah. of the 80s when they started flaunting their wealth. Like, being wealthy was cool in the 80s. Yeah. Like, you watch Wall Street, which is kind of the undercurrent, the dark side of that, but there are so many movies about yeah. people being rich or trying to become rich and, you know, and, and, and flaunting it. Um, Absolutely. So what are your overall thoughts on the movie? Obviously, I think we know where we're going with this, but how would you sum up your thoughts, like... I think it's garbage. Clearly garbage after yeah. Uh, I love it. I think it's it's like everybody said. It's sweet and it's funny and it's just an easy movie to watch. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's one you don't really get sick of. I mean, any movie no. if you watch it. Yeah. Out, but it's it, I I always enjoy watching. It's just a lot of fun. It's it's yeah. It just totally gets it right, like you said, and it's perfect in that way. So. Definitely a movie I would recommend to anybody that wants to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the first word that comes to mind when I think about this movie is probably endearing. I think it's really endearing. It's sweet. Um, it's charming. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's a feel-good movie. It's definitely like a movie that I'd love to, to watch if I'm staying home from, from work because I'm sick. You know, yeah. It's just that great movie that you can have on. That It's kind of like, you know... Um, I don't know, uh, seeing an old friend. Yeah, kind of exactly. It's, it's visiting old friends. That's, yeah, yeah. I was going to kind of say the same <laughs> thing. There's several movies like that that are like that for me in my life, and this mm -hmm. is definitely one of these movies. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely, this is top five movies for me of all time. This might be one of the only movies that I would come here and talk about that's a comedy. Mm -hmm. Even though I do comedy, I don't necessarily want to talk about comedy movies so much um, because I just don't think there's a... Though I love them and I love comedy movies, but there's a, there's a lack of poignancy, I think. There's an incredible amount of poignancy in this movie. This movie, every time I watch it, it still gives me something. Um, it's like this. It is absolutely like visiting an old friend. Uh, and upon this conversation and watching it again, that, uh, you know, we, anybody listening to this podcast <laughs> and the four of us 
that anybody that we know that is under the age of 30, we need to recommend uh, this movie and make them a week. There needs to be... Hey, listen, we'll start a Facebook page. Yeah, there needs to be an awareness <laughs> of this movie. Arthur yeah. Awareness. Arthur Awareness. We, we should have an Arthur Awareness Day. We should. That's what we should do. Uh, yeah. Hey. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll get a Facebook event right. together and we'll uh, we'll run a space or something and yeah. we'll show it on a screen. Right. That'd be and great. We'll play share the soundtrack beforehand. Oh, yeah. 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 And share it with a lot of our younger friends. <laughs> that, that you know, especially in the improv community. Oh yeah. There's so many young young. Uh, Men and women in the community now that that, that probably don't know this movie, they they'll probably movies. absolutely love this movie. You know, I agree, and I think that places like like we have locally, yeah. like the Gateway or the Kappa Summer Movie Series, use Arthur as one of those films. Yeah. God, yes. that era now. Yeah, get Arthur back on the screen, yeah. and that dovetails into how I normally end the podcast, which is like. If you can't see it on theater, can you hear? Can you hear uh, Glenn playing that money song on the organ? Oh. Oh man, that would be great. Clark Wilson. Clark playing. Wilson. Why did I call him Clark, Glenn? Clark Wilson. Yeah, Clark He's been Wilson. on the podcast. Our good oh my God, I, I didn't say that. I said it. Edit that out. That will be fixed in editing. You know, uh, but I would love to hear money. I would love to hear money. I'm glad you love money as much as I do. I, I thought do. I was a lone no. wolf with that song. I actually like it, which is surprising because uh, I don't like circus sounding music. Like that, <laughs> and thankfully, I, I posted would post it prior to the podcast. You will yes. have a clip of money, which yes. I chose specifically. To put as a part of our promotion for the podcast, oh, so that's yeah. going to be on there. Uh, oh, it's yeah. a great! No, that's a it's a great piece of music. It is. It's wonderful. So I normally end the podcast by if you can't see it on the big screen, you can see it on Blu-ray. This angers me to no end, and I will criticize Warner Brothers. Arthur is on Blu-ray, but it's only part of a two for Blu-ray, which is as cheap as it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arthur slash Arthur 2 on the rocks. Yeah. I just want Arthur. Yeah. Why? Yeah. By the way, yeah. And, and no special features. Now, what? I think this is no another special reason. Features? No special I mean, just the, the trailer. That's sucky, yeah. This movie needs to be released in a special edition with the making of... The problem is a lot of the principals are, are gone. Like yeah. Steve Borden passed away. That's John right. Gilgood, obviously, and Dudley Moore. But Liza Minnelli's still alive. Yeah. And you could get film critics and oh, film yeah. historians and maybe other members of the cast to do making of documentaries. This is a movie that needs to be rediscovered and needs to be part of the canon, I think. Absolutely. This is a canon podcast, but I really would put Arthur in the pantheon of great comedies. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I think it was number 53 on the funniest movies ever made by the AFI list, and it deserved to be on there. Mm-hmm. I think Bravo even had it as... as I'm going to check this here, but they, on their list of the funniest movies ever made, I think it was in the top ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also one of the best movies made. That's like mm-hmm. I said, we're ta- you know, yeah. talking about yeah. comedies. So sometimes comedies might be the funniest movies, but are, is it the best movie? You know, you go, all right, you go top five comedies. Are those going to be in your top five movies? It should have won this would, over yeah. Chariots of Fire. This is <laughs> definitely, this, this should have been a lot more Oscar worthy. I think because it didn't have... This gravity that yeah. other movies would have, but yeah, but in hindsight, this this is a oh you know, and, I, and it holds up better than Chariots of Fire. You know what should have won? Actually, there are two movies. Oh, Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark came out in nineteen eighty ah. too. So oh. that. well, we won't talk about. I, I well, <laughs> I'm the oddball, and I this is maybe I shouldn't actually broadcast this. We right? are still recording. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Raiders or Temple of Doom. I'm not a fan of that franchise. I it's uh, I don't know why. I should be, 
but I'm not, <laughs> and I know that I'm wrong. So I understand that I'm wrong for that. The first step to fixing a problem is admitting. Yeah, well, as long as I, I like listen. your honesty, though. Like, yeah, I, I well, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie did receive uh, four Oscar nominations. Obviously, John Gielgud won, and the song won for best song money? that year. Money or Christopher uh, Cross? Best thing Christopher you can Cross. do. Arcus no, but yes. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> we're the money. We're the money uh, crew. Did the score win. Yeah, the score. Uh, the score was That's not nominated. Okay. Uh, the two other nominations: Dudley Moore was nominated for best actor. Did he win? And Steve Gordon was nominated for best screenplay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for best original Got it. screenplay. Yeah. yeah. And Bravo was number ten on the funniest movies ever made. It was number fifty-three on the AFI list for the funniest movies ever made. Wow. So. There are people who love this movie, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like it. doesn't feel like Hollywood has re embraced yeah. this it, it is not. Well, I mean, well, obviously, yeah, Hollywood doesn't care about this movie. Right. It's a piece of garbage they put out. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China gets more respect now than Arthur did, even though Arthur was a much bigger hit yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it and, a lot and honestly, better. a better movie. Yeah, you know? I was yeah, yeah, say yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Big Trouble in Little China. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so I'm angry. Warner Brothers need to re-release Arthur as yeah. its own movie with special features and give you know. I understand it's cheap, so if you want the whole Arthur legacy, you can have it. <laughs> but at least give them their own discs, you know, so they can have their own features. Because yeah. who? That, yeah, I mean, you could even throw in the Christopher Cross. Well, that's like video. that's like yeah. Yeah. that's like right only there. releasing Caddyshack in a double with Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the their sequels that just don't ever need to be watched. Yeah. Ever again. You gotta watch him once because you have to. Mannequin right. 1 and Mannequin 2 is the big one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mannequin yeah, I mean, Mannequin 1 was such a brilliant <laughs> movie. Hey! <laughs> hey! You're in my house! You know, Boosh is gonna be uh, on your case. Uh, what, what, Boosh, listen, Boosh is on my case <laughs> no matter what. I mean, right, I just yeah. try to keep her from hitting me, which I don't understand. I'm not married to her, so she's not allowed to hit me. She's allowed to hit Kenny legally. Is that right? Um, it's great, com- it's comedic timing, though. Boom. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mannequin um, is amazing. So, I think we're going to wrap up Arthur uh, as much as I hate to because I love this movie. I can yeah. talk about it forever. Uh, I want to thank Phil for being yes. a tremendous guest on this. Thank I want to thank you for letting me yeah. uh, share this and have a big discussion about one of my favorite movies uh, uh, with people who know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to wrap it up than with yeah. this song, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Here comes the best part. I can never get sick of that. Although at the end it gets into some weird disco phasing yeah. which I don't care for. Um, I want to thank Phil, like we said, a tremendous guest. Do you have anything coming up, Phil, that you need to promote or anything like that? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> occasionally uh, I'm on uh, Over the Line with uh, Joe Jewett and Jack DeVos on 610 WTVN on Sunday nights. Okay. Actually, I was... They wanted me to be on the night, and I'm like, oh, we're recording a podcast with people. Uh, but usually, seven to nine, I'm there every once in a while. I hopefully will be, uh, I know they're doing kind of the backstory thing now, but on uh, Squatch Smashers, okay. uh, uh, I did some voice work on that, and I think I will be returning for the official season two to do, to reduce some, to reprise some of the characters that I did, uh, smashmysquatch.com. Other than that, uh, I I don't know uh, when I'll be doing stuff <laughs> as far as that. Uh, I'll do improv or something at some point in time, you know, uh, with a guy that looks a lot like me. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere. Chris Heiberger. Chris Heiberger. If he's, you know, if he had, can if he, tear himself away if he's from, uh, from, from, his, from his new family. So... <laughs> 
And you guys, uh, anything coming up? No, that... I've got nothing really in the pipeline performance-wise. Yeah, just for me, just check. I do a lot at the Nest um, every once in a while. And yeah, just, just keep in touch with Cinema Wheeler today. We'll let you know. Yeah, we got to do Deuces Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're down the line. Yeah, Deuces Wild. Pro I'll promote Deuces Wild. Deuces Wild. Wild, absolutely. Yeah. Even yeah. if we're we not all, in it. We all love Even if we're not in it, that's a great, uh, yeah, that's a great thing that's to go Tuesday see. nights at Mad Lab, the mm -hmm. third... Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. Yeah. so you might see us there. It's, you go. Yeah. it's one of my favorite outings for improv in Columbus. Is Deuces Wild, and it's run by the great Brad Shimp at you know Mad Lab. Although it's an independent, I think. Uh, yeah. From Mad Lab, he he does a tremendous job with it. So highly recommend checking that out if you get if the chance on Tuesday nights. Yeah. And uh, again, I just want to thank everybody for continuing to listen. Uh, please check our Facebook and Twitter pages. We have a lot of stuff Arthur related alongside the promotion of this podcast and uh we'll see you guys next time see ya Bye. hang on yeah. hang on have to go out with the cue there you go at least that wasn't an awkward transition <laughs> yeah right hey i'm still learning you're miserable I've got all this and I'm on a salary. Ah, do you know the worst part? The worst part of being me? I should imagine your breath. There's a very small country in the West Indies. I mean, small. Uh, I see. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. It is. It's terribly small. Tiny little country. Rhode Island could beat the crap out of it in a war. That's how small it is. Small? Mm. <coughs> yes, it's been a distinct pleasure meeting you Arthur, we really must be going. Thank you for a memorable afternoon. Usually one must go to a bowling alley to meet a woman of your stature. I'm going to take a bath. I'll alert the media. Your father and I talked about it. <laughs> I want you work for me. Is it? She's not happy already? <laughs> Arthur, Susan loves you. May I come in? If you and your undershirt would walk two paces backwards, I could enter this dwelling. What, want a drink? I never drink. Ah. Oh. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great. You've probably never run out of ice your whole life. <laughs> I don't drink because drinking affects your decision making. You may be right. I can't decide. <laughs> it's just a little humor. <laughs> Where's the rest of this mousse?